the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And so Jesus here is praying for himself in a very special sense. And, you know, we have problems, some real, some imagined. But here, Jesus nowhere prays about his problems. The essence of Jesus' prayer here is that God's will be done in his life so that God can be glorified. That's Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and we're in the book of John today, the 17th chapter. If you'd like to follow along, grab your Bible and uh, turn to the book of John, chapter 17. We're also on the web at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Pastor Leighton is talking about Jesus' relationship with his Father and how our relationship with the Father is impacted by our relationship with Jesus. So the only way to really know God is through the revelation that God has given, and that is in Christ Jesus, His Son. To to have eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you can't know God. That was the reason that Jesus Christ came into the world. That was the reason for the incarnation. The Word became flesh and lived for a while among us, and we have seen His glory. No man has ever seen God, but God, the only Son, who is at the Father's side, has made Him known. And so throughout his ministry, Jesus was revealing God's glory to us. And he did that while revealing his own glory as well. And that's why he now prays in verse 4, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now you notice here that the supreme place of the Father here is clarified with the expression that it was the Father who gave, that Jesus came on assignment from the Father. And so the Lord here is handing in his final report to the Father. Now, he hasn't died on the cross yet, but as far as God is concerned, he speaks of things that are yet in the future as though they already are. Notice that glorified and having accomplished are in the past tense. Because for God, what happens in the future is just as accurate as what happens in the past. It's going to happen. And on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. This means that our redemption was completed. He's done everything necessary to meet every qualification that we can put a period on. There's nothing that can be added to his finished work. Our debt has been paid in full. God is satisfied. There's nothing else that can be done for salvation. Therefore, the gospel of salvation is not what God is asking you to do, but God telling you what he's already done for you. And then in verse 5, Jesus says, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. This is Jesus very clearly claiming to have existed in the preexistence. And for for Jesus, the cross was the way back to heaven. As one of the commentary writers described it, it was like one of the ancient knights of old who had been sent from their kingdom to another kingdom, another land on some perilous journey for some perilous deeds. And 
was going to return home to a victor's glory. That Jesus had come from heaven to earth to perform a deed, and that deed was revealing God's love and provision and plan for our salvation, going to Calvary's cross to make it real, and then returning back to the land from whence he came, heaven to receive a victor's glory. For him, that deed was the cross. And now Jesus is wanting to return to God and regain the glory that he had. Now, when we look at this, we're immediately confronted with a challenge because there's, there's very few words in the biblical vocabulary that are less understood than the word glory. And what's more, it has multiple definitions, and even if we get a correct definition, it's not, it doesn't always do justice to the passage that's under consideration, and this passage is an illustration of that. For in the first five verses, we are told four seemingly conflicting things about Christ's glory. First, Jesus possessed a certain glory with God before the incarnation, preexistence. Second, this glory was God's glory. Third, Jesus did not possess this glory during the years of his incarnation. That's why he's praying here for that glory to be restored to him. And yet at the same time, and fourthly, there's a sense in which he did possess glory while on earth because he revealed it to others while doing the work that God had called him to do. For example, in, uh, when Jesus turned the water into wine at Cana, it says that this was the beginning of those miracles in which Jesus revealed his glory, there's that word, and as the result of which disciples believed in him. So the question is this, how can this be? How can it be that the Lord had possessed God's glory, then laid it aside, then possessed it even in that period where it was laid aside when he was incarnate? What does that mean anyway? Now, the resolution of this challenge lies in understanding the way in which the idea of glory was used in ancient Greek and Hebrew literature. Remember that when John wrote this gospel, he wrote it to both a Hebrew audience as well as a Gentile or a Greek audience. That's why when he began the gospel, he said, in the beginning was the word, the logos. The, the word logos meant two different things, to the, one, to the, one thing to the Hebrews, another thing to the, to the Greeks minded, the Greek minded, the Gentiles. But based on the definitions that, of that word, uh, the Apostle John was able to bring together and describe Jesus Christ. Well, in the Greek language, the word for glory is doxa, which is based on an, an ancient verb, dokeo. And the noun, uh, it, it means to seem to appear to have an opinion or what one thinks. In fact, the meaning of dokeo is preserved in modern English words like orthodox, dokeo, and paradox, which mean roughly a right opinion or, and, and a conflicting opinion. And then as time went on, the word went on to mean a good opinion and then uh, that which merits a good opinion, or in other words, honor and praise and good standing and reputation and renown. And this then explains the glory that Jesus retained while he was incarnate and doing his earthly ministry. It was that that glory in terms of honor and praise and reputation and renown. So then what was this glory that was set aside? And here he's praying that it might be restored. Now, if this refers to God's essential character, then that would suggest that Jesus was less than God during the days of his earthly ministry, and that is not 
a biblically correct understanding. So then, what does it mean? Well, in Jewish thought, the, uh, an outward manifestation of God's presence was believed to in, involve a display of light, a radiance, a glory, so brilliant that no person could approach it. The idea is uh, spoken of in Psalm 104. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed in splendor and majesty. He wraps himself in light as with a garment. And we have a graphic example of this in the case of Moses, whose face glowed with this uh, residual transferred light after he had been with God on Mount Sinai, so much so that the people asked him to cover his face with a veil so that they might be shielded from its radiance. That light, that, that, that glory, that Shekinah glory was also associated with the cloud of glory that overshadowed the wilderness tabernacle as the nation of Israel was traveling, the presence of God, and also later filled Solomon's temple in 1 Kings chapter 8. In Philippians chapter 2, it speaks of Jesus emptying himself, and there have been some who have tried to suggest that that means that Jesus emptied himself of his deity. But John makes it very clear that the word became flesh, that the little baby that was in Mary's lap, was completely God, that Jesus was fully God and fully man. That when he emptied himself, it was not of his deity, but rather it was of this glory in terms of this light, this brilliant light that was impossible to approach. And so now we have enough understanding of the word glory to understand Christ's prayer here. Because before his incarnation, he had possessed the glory of God in both of these senses. But in order for him to come and accomplish his mission, he needed to lay aside his glory in terms of that brilliant light that no one could approach because the idea of him coming was so that we could approach God. That was the reason for which he came. In fact, he so completely set aside that glory that there were people who could not believe that he was God because he was so completely human. And so Jesus here is praying for himself in a very special sense. And sometimes it's good for us to contrast his prayers with our own. You know, we have, we're inclined to pray for things like Problems, some real, some imagined, our health, social problems, vocational problems, financial problems, personal holiness problems, we need wisdom, and so forth. And there are, it's appropriate for, some, for, those, for those things to be prayed for. I mean, Jesus, in the prayer that he modeled for us, said to pray, to give us, ask the Lord to give us our daily bread and to forgive us our sin. But here, Jesus nowhere prays about his problems his difficulties. He doesn't ask for the Lord to remove his problems. The essence of Jesus' prayer here is that God's will be done in his life so that God can be glorified. And when he prays, glorify your son, he is not praying as some of us might for our own glorification, that is the glorification we receive from people because we all know how fickle that is, but rather he is praying that in that glorification that he go to Calvary's cross 
and there provide for the salvation of mankind and fulfill the purpose for which he came into the world. In effect here, he is praying that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A variation of which is the prayer that he prayed in Gethsemane, not my will, but thine be done. And so his pattern of prayer is for self-denial and obedience and suffering. And that should be our pattern as well. That when we pray, we pray primarily that God be glorified in our lives by us fulfilling obediently the purpose for which God has made us. Amen. Amen. This is one of those studies that uh, perhaps you'd like to listen to again. You can do that when you go to the website, studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. And let us know that you're listening. We would appreciate that information. Again, studyversebyverse.com. Uh, The church where Pastor Layton is senior pastor is Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and their website is churchofthehighlands.org. Check out the service times and the campus location, and we'd love to see you on a Sunday morning. Again, that's churchofthehighlands.org. And join us tomorrow at this same time when Pastor Layton will open to the book of John and we'll continue studying verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.